Welcome back, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 of the Denzel Can High Show. I am happy to be back. Ooh, no, no hiatus. No hiatus. I don't know why I was going to say a little hiatus. No hiatus. I don't know why that was on the top of my head. I had a good week. Pretty busy week. Again. Again. Uh, I'll talk about that later. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about the the playoffs, NFL playoffs, divisional round. I will give you my championship and Super Bowl predictions as as of January 20th. And then... We'll talk about my first studio event, uh, Canon Creator Lab event. It was pretty sick. OBJ, uh, OB Objects, OBJX event. I don't know what to call it. It was a bunch of different brands. They sponsored this cool event in the school space with a bunch of really cool people and uh, took some cool photos. Hopefully, I'll find a format to where I can get them um, up and around. But, yeah. That was really fun, and we'll talk about that later. And then what else did I do this week? Talk a little bit about running and uh, that. And then, yeah, that's pretty much all we're going to get into in this one. It might be, we're, we're going to try to hit the hour mark again. I uh, try to get it above the hour. Don't want, I don't want no short pods. Don't want no short pods. And uh, I might ramble on Twitter, some social media. A lot of stuff did go on. In the entertainment space this week, the YouTube space. A lot of stuff goes on pretty much every week, but this week was not like too like newsworthy or anything. It was just kind of an interesting week, I would say. And so we'll get into that. But first of all, I'd like to spend uh Jesus Christ. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Better Health. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. We don't got a fucking sponsor yet. No shit. If anybody's sponsoring this shit, it'd be me. But fucking, yeah, I might come up with, uh, I got some ideas in the bank. I got some ideas in the bank, and uh, when they're ready to pop, they're ready to pop. All right. Let's get into this one. Welcome episode 13, baby. I'm going to try to get better thumbnails for this. I'm going to try to figure out a thumbnail format. Take some pictures after, maybe. I don't know. Or just take some keyframes. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I should probably take it on the black wall, though. Um, First time studio setting. First time shooting models. Yeah, we're not talking about that yet. Okay. Yeah, we'll bring up the stats. Um, NFL playoff. Box score. How was your guys' week? That's fantastic to hear. I was just thinking about... I was watching like an old uh, Cody Go vlog, or maybe it was a uh, insanely chilled episode where he like he started the episode and he was like, "Wait, how was your guys' day go?" And he was like, "Oh, right, you can't fucking tell me." And I was like, "That would be a great bit, like if it was like an inside bit on a channel." If every podcast, I was like, "Hey, how was your guys' week?" And I was like, "Oh man, you're going through it. Tough, tough, tough. You know." And then I just went into my week. <laughs> Maybe it's not that funny, but I thought it was a bit funny. We got, yeah, we'll start we'll start things in order by time. We got the Jags and the Chiefs. Now, straight off the top, my thoughts on this game were the, the, the Jags. The Jags impressed me. I know they lost, but they impressed. They did not look like a team that shouldn't have been there. They did not look like a team scared of the noise. And that did, the, that did not look like a quarterback that last year had the stat line he did. You know what I mean? Through 20 picks. It threw more picks than... That did not look like a quarterback that threw more picks than interceptions. That did not look like a team that won two games. That did not look like a team that won nine games. That looked like the, a really good team. Then you add Calvin Ridley in that mix. Who I think a lot of people have forgotten in this year. That is the steal of this year. To get him for a fourth, and I think it was a conditional, is outrageous. The man is so talented. He's easily a top 10. People love to talk about Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and forget how good Calvin Ridley was when, look who he was playing with that quarterback, Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan just got exposed in Indianapolis that he's not that good of a quarterback. 
So you give fucking Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence. That's a when you go back and you look at Clemson and where Trevor excelled, where Trevor excelled in particular was middle shots. He loved to go over the middle. He could scramble out of it. But his number one shot was the rail shot or the outside fade for like 15 and 20 or like the comeback. But it was not really a comeback. It was just like a stop at 20 and look for the ball. That was his number one through throw. Him and Justin Ross connected on that pass so many times. That's how they won the national championship. In fact, if you go back and you watch the national championship, just Justin Ross made, I think, two or three of the same goal ball fade rail shot. And Trevor Lawrence threw it perfectly where it was backside fade and he just trusted the receiver. There was no other read. Maybe there was another read over the top or something. And he looked back for a number two. But his read in his head, he knew he was throwing it to Ross. And you give him a guy like Ridley who can just run routes. One of the better route runners in the league, period. Probably top three, top five route runners. And I guarantee you he's been in the lab working this year. And then he can also give you the go ball. He can go up and get it. He's not like a, a one-dimensional receiver like we saw back in the days. Most guys, if they can run routes, they can also go get you the ball. He he is like, a, if you had to give a comparison, a young Odell in his prime in New York. But then you add Trevor Lawrence into that mix and Dougie P, and it could get scary. And the Chiefs, of course, uh, some of the stats, Trevor Lawrence... 25 or 39. Here's where the Jags really messed up. ETN needed to be a bigger part of that game. And I think he might have got hurt because they were putting in Hasty a lot. But Hasty had a nice run, a nice long one. And he wasn't looking bad otherwise. They needed to run the ball more. I know they were down and and like down two possessions. So they kind of felt like they had to catch up. But in those conditions, in that atmosphere, in the playoffs, you need to give your quarterback some sort of running game. You need 100 yards running. And if I look at the Chiefs, they did that. They ran the ball 23 times. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 30 times. Yes, Chad Henney came in, so 37 total attempts. But they ran the ball 1, 2, 3, 6, 7. That's 20. They ran the ball 30 times. To the Jags, 19. And when you look at the Jags' yards, like Christian Kirk had one rush for 18 yards. Trevor Lawrence, three for 26. He should add some more design, maybe a read option in there. Jermichael Heisty. Protection, uh, protection was lacking for sure. Zay Jones made some big plays, but you throw Calvin Ridley in there, and he's going to make even bigger ones. Jamal Agnew, he, he was special. But that, that one fumble at the end was tough. That was a tough one because they're in the red zone. You get three points there. You're not pressing as much. You get a touchdown there. You're looking for gold. Patrick Mahomes, he, he played. He was impressive. He makes all those crazy throws off, jumping off one foot and stuff, injured himself doing it, then went back and did it again. He really doesn't give a fuck. He's a, he's a certified savage. He's a certified playoff guy. I think if you were to say... Any other quarterback is better than him at the moment. You really don't have a real argument, and you're just going off maybe it's the quarterback or your fan base or your team. But, yeah, the Chiefs look unstoppable. Travis Kelsey looks unstoppable. It looks like they found another guy running back, which they seem to do every year in Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, you have Edwards Alaire. You, f you find Jarek McKinnon, who f becomes a god in your system. Isaiah Pacheco, he looks like a monster in this game. Um, who was the guy before it? They had a guy before it that they got like one year and ran for a thousand yards, like with the Chiefs because of how they pass the ball and their scheme and how they can block and they really do have a good O line. You can really put anybody in there that's fast enough and can read a hole and is not a pussy, and he will have a thousand yard season with the Chiefs if they run the ball with them for seventeen games, which often doesn't happen because as soon as you take one slight injury or one slight dip, they're like on to the next guy. Because they know it's system. They know it's system. Back in the day, the Chiefs used to be a run system with, uh, how am I forgetting this man's fucking name? Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles was the GOAT in Kansas City. He was the guy running back. He changed their offense to where you had to, if you were an offensive coordinator and you didn't scheme your offense around Jamal Charles, you were wasting 
production. Like, you would have got fired. But they're just not like that anymore. After the Patrick Mahomes era, like, Alex Smith, they they were like, okay, we need a running back for, so we can run the ball so that we can get play action to our tight ends. But that was pretty much the only reason why they ran the ball. It wasn't necessarily like a run team. It was like we need to be able to run so that we can do play action for our quarterback. And then as soon as Patrick Mahomes came in, they were like, wait, running backs? Fuck running backs. I think what happened actually was they got Edwards to there for Patrick. And then he has the good first year. I think that's the year they lose to the 49ers, or maybe he won the first Super Bowl. I'm not too sure. I think it was the latter. Or the former, sorry. But, um, yeah, you get him out of Brazil, and the second year he gets hurt. And so you really like, and then you get, like, a guy, I don't know where they drafted Pacheco. I think he might have even been undrafted. You get a guy like that wherever you got him, and it's like, was selected in the seventh round. Isaiah Pacheco was drafted in the seventh. Like, you see what I mean? Like they, Anybody with an ounce of talent, you need a running back. You don't need a star guy. You don't need to draft one in the first round. It makes no sense for them. On to this game. This will be a quick one because this game was just ugly. And I think... I didn't watch any of the games this week. I watched all of the games last week. I was just kind of busy and I was out on Sunday... So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the Seahawks losing did put a tint on the playoffs for me. Not really, though, because I was excited for Trevor Lawrence. I did want to watch that game. I watched all the highlights for these games, of course. But um, a lot of people were talking about the matchups like they were good, but I kind of felt like, okay, I wanted the Jags to win, but I knew the Chiefs were going to win at home. I knew the Eagles were going to win. I didn't think it would be that bad. I thought it would be a closer game from the Giants. I thought the Bills and Bengals game would be the best game of the week. Turned out it wasn't. And then I thought the 49ers would run away with the Cowboys, which they truly did. But that game just looks a lot closer because of the amount of fucking field goals in that game. I mean, if, if the 49ers played like that against Seattle, we would have won. Like, Jesus Christ. they Brock Purdy did not look his best. It took a lot of field goals. It was a weird game. But yeah, Eagles, Giants. Um, Daniel Jones looked like he made himself some money last week. And then you turn around with this performance and it's like, yeah, you, you, I don't know if you made, you might have lost that money that you just made yourself, my guy. Like, that was a tough week if you're Daniel Jones. If you're Daniel Jones' agent, you're like, fuck, man, you just needed to put it together for one more week. Um. I don't know. You didn't even need to win. You just needed to like have a better performance where you were in the game. And you could have probably secured yourself close to $200 million, man. But I don't know if the Giants are going to be as confident now looking into next season. Because as you see, it's like, honestly, where they fucked up is Saquon should have ran the ball more. Seeing nine carries for 61 yards is just pitiful. I don't care how early... Or how down you were early. I don't care at what point. Run the ball with Saquon. He can make a play where he can score in one play. Like, he's your best player on offense. Run the ball with him. Makes no sense. Um, Jalen Hurts looked okay. Like, he wasn't too impressive. It was like they just dominated on the run, right? And then defensively, they were all over the Giants. And that's where, like, I feel like teams are really looking at this Philly team wrong. Well, they're like, oh, they're an offensive juggernaut where they're equal everywhere. And it's, no, their offense looks so good because their defense is so goddamn good that they're never on the field. <laughs> so the offense just gets chance after chance after chance to score. Like, I mean, look at this. I think we have the game on here. Yeah, we go touchdown, turnover on downs, touchdown, interception, punt, punt, touchdown, punt, Touchdown, punt, end of half, punt, punt, touchdown. First touchdown for the Giants comes in the second half in the third quarter after punting the ball four straight times. And then before that, they had an interception and turnover on downs. So the defense had six straight stops. Like, what are you going to, like, that gives your offense, if you're not up at that point, you're, and then they punted the ball, turnover on downs, end of fourth quarter. 
They had one successful drive all day. Come on, man. Tell me that's an offensive team. That is a defensive. That is that, that is a stat line that reminds me of Seattle back in the day. The Legion of Boom. Where it's like Russell Wilson looks so good because he had the ball so much. And then on to the Sunday games, which were billed as the exciting games. And Sunday was so lackluster. I'm happy I was not at home to watch these games. If I would have watched this Bills Bills Bengals game, I probably would have turned it off, to be honest. Though, like, going into this game, I, I literally said, like, going into this week to my dad, I was like, none of those teams impressed me in the wild card. Both of them were playing backup quarterbacks, one was playing a third string. And they both looked, they've got, and they were both in opportunities where they could have lost their games. When you have one of the better quarterbacks in the league, it doesn't make sense. They both look better this week. Maybe not the Bills, but the Bengals look a little better this week. They look dominant. I feel like the Bills should have been more ready to play in the snow than the Bengals. I don't know what it was. They didn't run the ball enough. So touchdown, punt, touchdown. So you're down early. See, but it's the second quarter, and you, the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, you shouldn't be rushing. You should still be trying to get your rush game started. That's where it's like, I, like, I don't understand these head coaches where it's like, it's snowing. Let's throw the ball 42 times. Why not? I know Josh Allen has a fucking rocket, but God damn, man. He threw the ball 42 times and ran the ball eight times. So he accounted for 50 of their total offensive yard gain and then they and without him they had 11 carries so without Josh Allen they did 11 plays without his arm or his legs it's ridiculous it's just a bad offensive scheme you look Joe Mixon 20 carries for 105 Sam J Perrine 7 carries for 33 Joe Burrow 6 for 30 they ran the ball 34 times to the Bills 14 21 times let me look at all these games. Every game so far, the team that have ran more have won. And yes, it could be the position where you're up and you have the opportunity to run out the clock, but it also makes more sense when you run the ball more in the playoffs, you're going to have a higher win percentage. I bet if I bet that stat statistically over time is pretty ridiculous. Joe Burrow still threw the ball too much at 36 times, but no picks. So that's why his game was cleaner. I mean, Josh Allen didn't even throw a touchdown. Two tuds for Burrow, one tud for Mixon. Jamar Chase, he looked pretty impressive that day. Hayden Hurst was really the X factor of that day. If we're going to be honest, like who made the plays that changed the game, it was Hayden Hurst. Give that man his money, you know? Give that man his money. Fuck the Bengals. I want them to shit their pants. No, I like the Bengals. I don't hate them. I think they could be in another Super Bowl again. And if you look at the NFC, they could be in a real chance to win the Super Bowl. It is not a situation where you have the Rams, a team that was, like, ready, had the star power, had the coaching, had the quarterback on fire. You look at these NFC teams, it's like Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl? Oof, I'm scared. Like, yeah, the San Francisco, the defense and the weapons to surround, like, they have the weapons to keep up with the, the Bengals or the Chiefs. And the defense to like maintain them, but if it's like look, when you look at Super Bowls in the playoffs, I always say it's quarterback over everything. Yes, defense matters a fuck ton, but normally it's the better quarterback wins. Better quarterback on that day wins. Going into the Super Bowl, you're gonna tell me you're picking Brock Purdy over Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. It's silly or Jalen Hurts. Like both of them are not even in the same discussion as those guys. When you really think about it, they're not. Jalen Hurts has had one decent, one, one decent statistical year. Brock Purdy has six games <laughs> in the regular season, so what he's played by the Super Bowl, he have played nine games. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Over a guy who's brought his team to the championship, what, four straight years? Five straight years? Or a guy who's brought his team to the championship two straight years in his three-year career? 
<laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, Niners, Cowboys. An awful game, man. Yo, Dak Prescott really let the Cowboys down because the Niners stunk the bed. Like, I was watching these highlights like, oh, man, I was so pissed. Because if Seattle would have won this game, if they played the Cowboys, they wouldn't have played the Cowboys, they would play the Eagles. Probably got smacked by the Eagles. But anyways, oh, the Niners played so bad. Their offense looked bad. The Cowboys definitely used the Seahawks film to their advantage where they just knew Brock Purdy skipped script a little better. But Dak Prescott let you down. It was like this was the game for the Cowboys to take. They had the better quarterback in the game. He in the game. I don't know how to explain this, but the Cowboys were better. They looked better. They looked like a better defense. They looked like a better offense. If you if you have any other if you have any other quarterback of Dak's caliber except for Dak, there's something about him where he's just a pick monster. I mean, the first one was a ridiculous throw. The corner ran the route for the receiver. And after, on a curl route, any high school quarterback knows this. In America, probably peewee quarterback. They probably teach you this at six years old, the quarterback in the States. On a curl or a hitch route, you throw the ball either if you have a rocket as the receiver is breaking down if you have a rocket. But you throw it before he breaks down. Normally. And, and they teach you that at very low levels. Because if you throw... And if you th when you throw it like this, it does have the chance to get picked off because if the DV makes the better break. It's just whoever makes the better break. Unless you put the ball in somewhere, like at the receiver's ankles, DB can still make a diving play at it. So it's just better to put it on the chest and hope your guy breaks and you have the right connection. That's why with every route in the route tree, and you talk about quarterbacks and receivers running the route tree, it's because timing. You want to know, okay, my guy, he takes 1.2 seconds to break. I need to release the ball here. Okay. Now try it again. It's a little earlier. No, it's too early. He turns around, hits him in the face. But you almost want to hit him in the face so that he, can, that he just gets faster at turning around. That's almost the perfect ball. He threw the ball after he cut. When the DB, the DB, uh, if I'm in this corner, I'm like, why did, I'm like thanking God that he threw this ball. I don't know if it was just, he was like, he was just looking through his reads. He looked first, he looked two, he looked three, he looked four, he looked five. And he was like, okay, I got to let it go. It's five. Like, I don't know if that's just like in his head, what was going. He was scared. There wasn't too much pressure. He could have escaped created something else. He could have looked back in the progression. The DB is it's man to man. It might have it might have been a hook curl zone. I didn't really see because it zoomed in so I couldn't see the full defense. He, he he's he's in press, so I think it's man to man. He go bump bump, trails with him. Perfect break as soon as the receiver breaks. He's breaking so lazy because he knows he's the last read and he's not even looking for the ball. He breaks Receiver breaks, corner broke before him. He is, he has his hand on the corner's hip, is one yard behind him. When Dak throws the ball, the corner is looking at Dak, and Dak is looking at the corner. I don't understand it. I, was Dak paid off? Was Dak paid off? Did they pay off Dak? I think they might have paid off Dak low-key. Low-key, they might have paid off Dak because that pick was inexcusable. And then the second one was, huh? CD had a fucking day. If Dak wasn't throwing to CD, you knew it wasn't anything. And he took a lot of hits where it was like, oof, that could have been CT. Oof, that could have been CT. He took a lot of headshots. He, showed, he made himself, I think everybody... Um... What did fucking Parsons do? I think every scout, receiver, quarterback watched CD game and was like, okay, he's a superstar. That guy right there, it's like whatever way you want to put it. 
it was the same way we were giving Travis Kelsey his props with the 14 catches for 98. You got to give CD his props for 10 for 117. That is a monster fucking game. And you look at Brock Purdy, 19-29-214. Very casual. Very casual. The run game, McCaffrey, 10 for 35. Mitchell was the game changer. Like, it's, it's almost unfair that they have Mitchell because you get McCaffrey and you bundle him up and you're like, oh, my God, thank God. And they send in Mitchell, fucking fully ready to go. 100% stamina when you're gassed from trying to stop McCaffrey and that fucking big-ass offensive line. They stopped Debo. They stopped McCaffrey. But Mitchell was the game-changer. That one run at the end, he sealed it. And Kittle. Kittle made two catches. That if he doesn't make those catches, the 49ers probably lose. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, after making a huge mistake, came back and made a massive play on special teams. Which I like to see. Fred Warner was okay. But he really did, I feel like, kind of got exposed that he isn't the god that everybody uh, thinks he is. Yeah, that's that's my divisional playoff uh, breakdown. What I thought of the games. It was an okay week. When you look at the score lines, it's like you had one really good game, and then two okay ones, and then one blowout. So it's like it's not cause like when you saw the matchups. I think everyone thought that this week would be the week where it was like even record break it or something where it would be like three different um like four or three teams that were like the games were decided by a field goal or less like that's what i thought this week was going to be just how the teams matched up who was playing at home and situations everyone seemed like they were on like decent like everyone seemed like they were on similar t terms like momentum wise heading into those games the giants seemed just as hot as the eagles the Chiefs seemed just the Chiefs seemed less hot than the the Jags because the Jags had just won like what five straight to get into the playoffs and then they had that massive comeback. They had all the momentum in the world in my mind. And the Chiefs coming off a bye week, it's like oof. But they were just too good. Patrick Mahomes just knows Travis Kelsey too well. Trevor Lawrence did not have a player that he can trust like tra like Patrick can trust Travis. It's so different when a quarterback trusts the receiver. When he just knows, like, okay, everything's covered. Even my number one guy's covered. I'm throwing it to him anyways because he makes plays. And even if he doesn't make the play, he will not let me get picked off because he's a smart guy. Is it? No, we're good. I thought it was, like, shaking. And, not shaking, but, like, I think we're good. So my predictions, my prediction, I want to go Chiefs. I mean, at home, I want to go Chiefs, but the Bengals being three and, nah, I got to go Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to find, he's going to find a way, I think. I don't know, man, but if it's another snow game and the Chiefs and the Bengals just played in a snow game, I don't know. We'll see. That should be a fun one. That should be the game of the week. That Eagles 49ers game, it could be good. But I'm thinking it could be another situation of the Phillies defense might be better than the Niners defense, and then Phillies offense is just better than uh, Philly just has a better quarterback. I wouldn't say their offense is better. Yeah, I would say their offense is better. If you compare it, it's like A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, I take A.J. If you go Devontae Smith, Ayuk, I go Devontae Smith. If you go Miles Sanders, McCaffrey... This year, probably Miles Sanders. If you're going Jalen Hurts, taking Jalen Hurts. Like, if you're taking the Eagles all line versus the 49ers all line, I'm taking the 49ers all line. If you're taking the Eagles corners, I'm taking Darius Slay. I'm taking, uh, is it Maddox? And I'm taking James Bradbury. I'm taking, isn't Gardner Johnson at safety versus Jimmy Ward? The only thing the Niners have and it's even questionable that they have this. No, I'll, I'll say the Niners have edge rushers. Interior defensive line, I'm taking the Eagles. Linebackers, 
I'm probably taking the Niners. The Niners have better linebackers and edge rushers. So that's it. 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 That's it. I've got to be honest. I'm. So I'm going Eagles. I got. What is the spread on that bitch? I think it was one and a half. I got uh, Eagles taking that. Got the evil Eagles winning by at least seven plus, probably fourteen. And then I got the Chiefs winning by. Hmm, three. Oh, the Chiefs winning by three. I got 20, 24, 21, and uh, 31, 17. Those are my scores for the week for the championship game. And that would mean equals Chiefs Super Bowl, of course, which I would take the Chiefs. Which I would take the Chiefs at like 30. 38-21. I'm comfortable with that. Um, That's all for football. Let me get some agua in here. Hmm. <laughs> I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I only had those two things, and then oh yeah, the uh, the event the event I went to. Yeah, hopefully I want to find like I was gonna look at Motion Array. I wanted to find like um, you know they have like those uh templates or yeah templates. So that you can, like, there's video templates for, like, showing off photographs and videos. Like, I see them all the time on YouTubers. Like, I watch a lot of photography YouTubers that uh, do it. That, like, do, like, fuck. Ugh, it's so hard to move this chair. Don't fuck it up. The green screen behind me. Um. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, okay, before we get into that, I'll talk about... The plans for like the studio you guys obviously can't see but the studio is i've changed it it used to be on that wall where the camera is now and now i'm pointing towards my bed is right behind there actually fun fact um little insider knowledge on uh, the denzel can high show i record in my bedroom actually basically on my bed so yeah no but yeah um it's like a basement so it's a bigger room so I have like space. But yeah, I have my, my computer's right there. That's how I'm able to use the monitor from that. I have it turned around backwards. It's pretty cool. It, like when you feel the computer, it feels like it's gonna fall over. And I don't like that desk because it's wobbly. This one, it's like it's kind of wobbly, but it's more sturdy when you like lean on it like this. That one, when you lean, you feel it. So I might switch back, I might not, but I probably won't. I might though. Cause I like how this is lower. But, like, I can't, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, uh, this is a semi-switch because I just, I need to get the artwork on that wall. And then no more green screen, baby. Done with that shit. Done with that shit. We're going for a clean backdrop. Not, not, uh, we're going to have a backdrop. I got a bunch of my own artworks that I've made over this past year that I'm gonna throw up on that wall. We're gonna have the desk. I'm gonna run the desk like this for like my solo episodes, but I got some guest ideas for the future. So when we run it like that, I'll turn it vertically. Then we can talk like from across the desk. That will be cool. Uh, we can get like a little bit of a, a different camera angle where like I might do it with my phone for now, but when I get the G7X Mark II, I'll use that as my B cam. And then I'll have that be like a face cam or something. Like maybe like either a TikTok, like vertical, uh, vertical video or just like another wide shot. I was thinking, yeah, I should probably do this for the vertical video because it shoots 4K and that will shoot 1080. So just have 1080 be the wide shot and then 4K for the vertical. But 
yeah, I'm still like thinking about it, but most importantly, next week, hopefully, no, next week, guaranteed. I'm putting it guaranteed. You'll have no, no more green screen, and hopefully, from the future, there will be no more green screen, baby. We'll have a fucking setup. We'll have a studio. I can just pop up, record, edit, boom, post. Still make everything so much easier. Um, I feel like it kind of raises the quality a little bit. Like the green screen's okay. Shadow in the corner is fucking pissing me off now. I just realized that. Hopefully it doesn't fuck with it, man. And that's just what I hate about green screen. It's like the editing process. It's like either I take hours and hours editing it to make it feel original. Or I just basically copy and paste the background from each episode and do it like that so I can get them out in time each week. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm struggling through. But, yeah, hopefully... That will be around next week, and hopefully you guys are excited for that. Uh, hopefully I can get some some TikToks, some shorts footage for you guys so that we can go viral in this bitch. We're trying to go viral in this bitch. That's what I'm going to call this episode. We're trying to go viral in this bitch, episode 13. And then Odell. <laughs> that will be fucking hilarious. But, yeah, other than that, yeah, and then without the green screen, actually, one last thing. Without the green screen, I'll be able to use the backdrop stand, and I'm thinking I'll be able to hang my lights off them. So I could even have, like, a sick, like, lighting situation where it's, like, it's not just, like, basic like this where it's pointing at me, where I could maybe have some hair lights. That's what I've been looking I've been looking for a solution for hair lighting because my roofing, I can't really put anything in it. So, like, like I couldn't, like, screw anything into it. And so the only other option would be putting a bar across, and yeah, I haven't been, uh, that hasn't been received well, I'll say that. What time is it? Yeah. If we talk about that, it probably should be around 20 minutes to talk about that. Well, after this, I just ended. It's under an hour. It's under an hour. What are you going to do? You guys don't even probably listen to the whole thing. Maybe you do. Maybe you turn it on when, uh, that's what I want. It's like. I listen to podcasts as I'm doing something else. So it's like, it's really just like good background noise. And it's like, that's why I like comedy ones where they're just conversations and you're just in it. And hopefully that I can do that for you guys where I can just fill up some space in your day. When you need a little talking, when you need someone who's just talking about some shit that you want to listen to. Maybe you don't like everything I talk about, but that's okay too. Yeah, um, where do I even start with this? So I guess, like, a couple of weeks ago, when I went to Toronto for the Dave Chappelle show, I kind of, like, started getting into, like, events. And, like, I think I said this in a previous episode, like, this year I want to, like, go, or, like, in my 20s and 21, I want to go to as many things as possible, which is, like, Yes, that is true. I don't want to go back to that place. I guess I'll talk about this for a bit. Uh, like this week, this week, the past two weeks, I thought like I'd just been on leave. I just took a uh, sick leave. And um, it's not sick leave, it's like something else, but like similar to that. And um, I was supposed to, when you look at, like, the government guidelines, I'm supposed to be getting compensated for my time off because of what it's for. But they haven't paid me anything yet, so that's tough. And then um, I put it in on the app that they have that, like, runs their company. But I still get a text saying, like, you should have texted me and not put it through the app. It's like, what the fuck is the app there for then? And then, um, yeah, I get a text, like, a week in. I think I talked about this last episode, actually. Um, but, yeah, I got a text, like, yeah, when I got that text, it was, like, a Tuesday. And I said, okay, next week I might be able to be back and go. So I was, like, okay, next Tuesday is my assumption. But then, like, I guess I had a shift last night they had scheduled me for. And, um... I wake up to, like, five different texts from this woman, and she's like, 
my manager. Like, why, blah, 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 this, that. Are you going to be there on Tuesday? Question mark. 15 minutes later, question mark. An hour later, question mark. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. And it's like, I just don't want to go back. It's like, yes, I need money. But I feel like it's just not worth it, man. It's not worth the shit pay to be borderline, be given insomnia and just have to struggle with sleep deprivation, have no creativity for these videos, have no energy for these videos. Like, what's the point of getting that, like, for that, for that little bit of change? But, like, yes, it's nice, and yes, it's what, it's why I talked about this before the events is because as soon as I thought of the events, it's like, yes, I want to go to a lot of things, but they also all cost fucking a lot of money for the ticket alone and to travel to them. And I'm not working right now. I'm not getting paid, so it's like, eh, will that be a possibility? But, yeah, I have been looking around. I did a couple interviews. Hopefully I can get a better gig. Yeah, I'm really tired of it. I don't want to go in. But I also don't want to cut ties until I have another opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I should just go in for, like, this week and the next week. Like, I was thinking, like, in my head, I was, like, get a G7X out of it. But then, like, when she, like, bombed my phone this morning waking me up, I just got really pissy. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> and that's just my response. But yeah, um, on to the OBGX event. I might even just cut that out because that is dry as fuck. It was um, a Canon Creator Labs event. I guess they host these sometimes. I have no idea. It was my first time going to anything. Anything even remotely like this at all. I had never even been to a networking event. I'd never been to a photography event. I'd never been to a photography studio. I had never been to Toronto to meet people by myself. <laughs> it was a lot. And I definitely probably looked weird. <laughs> I probably looked very socially anxious and like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Probably looked cracked out. But, you know, I'm really just proud of myself. What I got from that day the most was pride and like, a lot of inspiration to like keep going with this YouTube stuff and the podcast and the photography and 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 put my all into it. Give it one hundred and twenty five percent. Yes, money needs to be brought in somehow. But if I give this my all, when I saw like some of the shots I took with uh, that's what's cool about this event. Henry sponsored it. Or Henry was one of the sponsors. It was all spo sponsored by Canon and uh, Sociality. Or Socality, I don't know what it, which one it is, but um, they they sponsored this event, and it was an OBGX studio, which they, I guess they're also sponsored, but it was just like their their space, and it was kind of like advertisement I felt for them, so that like people could book it more. They have like a cool membership program they got there. It's in Toronto. It's kind of like deep deeper in Toronto, so it's like if it was closer to downtown, it would be perfect. But it's also they must. It's a great space like big warehouse and these two different studio rooms so like i can get where like that's probably ridiculously fucking expensive and if you were to be in downtown you could double or triple that price so i could get why they went a little further out of toronto it's not too far but like if i were to be doing that like even weekly it would be pretty rough cost like a hundred bucks per trip and not not even just hundred bucks in travel I guess not if I took the TTC, but I did not want to take the TTC with a camera. That cost 2000 bucks, and if I had two cameras that equaled up to 3000 I would be, like, terrified. But, um, yeah, it was amazing. I, like, my, my, what I came away from it was a great event, even better people. Fucking Anthony, I don't know how to say his name, Anthony Gilla... Gilidado, I don't know how to say his fucking name. Um, Anthony from YouTube, he makes like uh, camera videos, a lot of YouTube shorts and stuff. I guarantee you guys have seen his videos. 
because I have just seen his videos from scrolling, but I guess I'm into camera stuff, so that might come up for me a little more. But yeah, I saw him there. <clears throat> and like, I was too scared to go up, go up to him and say something. Like, at first, I was like, why is this guy so fucking familiar? Like, why does your face look familiar? I, sh I don't know you. And, like, I don't have any, like, photographer friends. So it's, like, I wouldn't have, like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't recognize him that way. And then, it, like, it, to me, it was, like, seeing, like, Peter McKinnon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was fucking so strange. And he was just at the vent. He wasn't, like, like a host or anything or, like, our creator that they brought or something. He was just there. He probably bought a ticket like everybody else, taking pictures like everybody else. He was a really cool guy. But, yeah, I was too fucking... In that, like, setting, I was not about to go up to him and stop him from talking to his friends and be like, hey, can I get a picture? Are you the guy from YouTube <laughs> that I can't say their last name? <laughs> like, in no fucking way. But, yeah, that was cool seeing him. And then, yeah, the one thing I got out of it in totality at the end of the event when I was just going home, looking back, when I, was upload when I uploaded those pictures to my phone and I saw them, I was so proud of myself. And I've never... I've never been more proud of myself in my life. Like, I really had to, like, I'm trying to think back to a moment where I could have been. But, like, it was false pride. So, like, this is the most amount of authentic pride. Like, not ego-driven. It's kind of ego-driven because I want to be good at something to make money so that people, like, it is ego-driven. But in a more real, in a more honest way, I was proud of myself and... Yeah, that feeling felt amazing. It felt like a high. Like, I was on a high, at, like, all last night. And then I woke up, and I was like, where did the high go? Fuck. <laughs> it was amazing, man. Seeing those pictures really, like, almost, like, brought, like, emotions to me. Like, it was so weird. Because, like, with me, it's like with photography, I'm obviously a fucking beginner, so I don't know jack shit. Like, I know basic terms. I've done a lot of research, and my subconscious I actually know a lot, but I can't bring that up all the time because of the amount of research I've actually brought in. I've done a lot of research, but I don't have a lot of actual practical skill. And so for me, it's the first time I ever shot models. And... um and like with me, even with photography, it's like, I don't know why I do this, but like, I like to turn the shutter speed up so that uh, it gets darker. I like to sh turn the shutter speed and the exposure down so that images are darker. Because I feel like with these digital cameras, it's like everybody, and maybe I should just do that in editing, take the pictures normally. I don't know. If anybody's a photographer, has experience, and actually knows that, Please let me know in the comments. But um, for me, when I when I get it out and it's like it has like more depth and more character and the lighting just feels better. Versus like like digital like we've been shooting photography for two hundred years. Digital cameras have been around for twenty to fifteen years, and we went from one to one two hundred one twenty eight p all the way to four and eight k in like 15 to 20 years like the mind is not adapted when we were on film for 180 years so like that's what we know is photography like iphones take great pictures yes they are very realistic they are high quality they don't feel like photography no photo i've ever seen on an iphone has ever felt like photography and ever look even look close to film photography but i feel like when i I guess they're called boudoir. I don't know. How do you say that? But I like the darker pics. I even love throwing black and white on it. I love black and white now. But yeah, I just turn the shutter speed way up and I turn the exposure down. And I just try to get a uh, low, very low, like low background light, high shadow pictures. I don't know why I like it that way. That's just my eye and what I like. And I feel like. That's what's special about photography is you could have 50 different... You had literally probably 200, 250 people in that space and nobody took the same photo. That's what's so amazing about photography. Nobody took the same photo twice because like everybody has a different eye. Everybody sees things differently. Everybody's interested by things differently. 
I saw this one guy who had like an R6. And that was the one thing about Canon uh, Henry's I was supposed to talk about is that, yeah, you could, uh, I tried out like the R6 and the R5C, which was cool. But like a lot of those shots I took were on my R. And they held up, when it comes to photography wise, they held up very well with the R6. Yes, with the R6 images, you can tell like there's a difference, but like because of the lens options I had for it, it's like, it's weird. But, uh, and the R5, I tried the regular R5 too. I think, pretty sure. But yeah, it was a fun event. Great, great people. Met a lot of people. Shout out the dancing photographer. Shout out Aina Allen. Shout out, AKA Sam Yang. Shout out, um, Anthony Gallardo. Shout out them all. Shout out everybody that was there. It was so fun. I really, I really wish things like that were like regular. Like like once a month or like every three months or something or like even like even annually would be sick like events like that should happen they happen for other things why not for photography and videography it'd be really cool to see an event like that in Durham see spaces like that become more popular and um, yeah I'm gonna keep going for sure keep grinding like. Yeah. And shooting models was crazy. That was like, because like, they were ridiculously attractive, for one. <laughs> like, even the fucking dude, he was like this Asian guy. And I was like, God damn. God damn. This, this nigga is stunning. This nigga is stunning. And the, the chick, they were jaw dropping, beautiful. Perfect complexion, perfect everything. And then they posed great for us. I felt really anxious, really weird taking some of the pictures and being amongst that many people and just being me, being myself amongst that many people. I felt obviously like one in a thousand, not talking to anybody, not having like any friends or like not knowing anybody. Like, no, most people went there with a friend or new people going, so it was, like, not knowing anybody. Yeah, it definitely felt weird, but they were very, it were very welcoming people. Very open. Had a great time. Yeah, with bro, and, uh, fuck, I don't have a kid's name. Bro, my guy came out in the red tux. <laughs> that was fucking jokes, man. That was some of my favorite photos were from him in the red tux. And he was, like, hanging from the... He was sick. It was a sick drone shot. I wish, like... I don't know. I wish I would have got more uh, up and center in the group photo for sure. So I would be able to post that. Maybe I'll throw it up here anyways. I don't know. But, yeah, we're getting to the end of this one. I'm probably... We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys for watching episode 13 of the Denzel Canai Show. We will be back next week. I hope you have a great week. I hope everything goes great for you. I hope you get dick or you get some pussy, depending on whatever you want. I will see you then. Peace. Welcome bitches with the champagne. Champagne. I'm the new light skin, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne.